0: Welcome back, friends, to the next episode of Trek Movies, the Shuttle Pod. This is episode 82. I am one of your co hosts, Jared. I'm here with my good friends, Brian. Hey, everybody. Matt. Hey, guys. And Kayla. Hey, guys. Though to those of you in the comment sections, it's Dr. Iacovino. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay, so it is today, June 8th, 2020. And we have an episode uh, that at least I've been looking forward to for a little while until we decided on this as a topic. Uh, one night, uh, I think it was after we'd finished recording, we started talking about the first season of TNG, and the, the general consensus is that it's bad, right? That it's sort of <laughs> it's sort of what they had to get through. Um, there, there was a lot of you know, there's even uh, there's a lot of drama behind the scenes. Shatner even did the documentary "Chaos on the Bridge" about some of the nightmares conditions there in season one. And then season two was kind of transitory, and then season three is when they hit their strides.
1: But yep, that's but, the common mm, wisdom there.
0: Yeah, that's the common wisdom. Uh, however, uh, Kayla wanted to challenge that. We kind of wanted to do sort of a devil's advocate approach where we advance this idea that some of these episodes are terrible, and Kayla gives us her insight on why perhaps they are not, or at least you need to rethink that before... Settling in on your prejudice against the first season <laughs> of
2: *The <Berman> <laughs> and, and you
3: know me—I'm always the apologist for various things that I hated. Right? I mean, well, <laughs> the because, generations apologist. That's because you're yeah, a, you
4: are definitely a generations apologist. I'm happy
3: to be brand of the generations apologist, and but I am becoming the season one apologist because um, recently <laughs> I've been. My husband and I have been rewatching, a, do a whole, doing a wholesale rewatch of Next Generation. So you know, from the first episode all the way through, watching one or two a night, and we finished season one. And by the end of it, I thought, you know, I, because I, I had that idea too that oh, season one, everything sucks until Gregor grows a beard, blah blah blah. It's all goofy and weird, <laughs> but it was fantastic. And there were some episodes that we came away from that we were talking about for weeks and referencing. And I'm like, there's real trek trekism. trekism you know, Roddenberry ideals and like just great shows of the characters and moral stances and ethics and blah, blah, blah. And there were, so there's awesome stuff on display in season one. And so I say, you know, let's put season one of next generation on trial and I will be the defense attorney.
0: Okay. Very good. And we will be the tribunal. Finding you guilty. So think of us as like (laughs) that three-headed snake god monster that Q summons in the episode "Hiding Q," right? And you're basically Picard quoting Hamlet at us. How about that?
3: Perfect. (laughs) That's perfect.
0: Okay, so I think there are some episodes that at least the four of us agree are great from season one, and I think a lot of other people feel the way that way too. So I'd like to Mm -hmm. save that for the end if we have time. And instead, dive into some of the ones that are more easily brushed off, Kayla, that you had a lot to say about. How does that sound?
3: Sure. Well, I thought, too, we might want to start with, like, a sort of opening statements. Ah, So okay. I have some things that I but would like to it. say. Just just my... Oh, my yeah. Go but, for but it. But I yeah. thought, be, before I even say anything, I thought it would be nice to, maybe you guys could go around and say, what are your general feelings, and, you know, be honest, on season one? And then I can follow up with, with my thoughts after recently rewatching it.
4: Okay. That works.
3: So, you know, Brian, do you want to start?
4: Yeah. Let's go. alphabetical. Sure. Brian can start. Sure. <laughs> um, I too rewatched the entire series when the Blu-rays came out. I, I, as the seasons came out, I would watch each mm-hmm. season entirely, mm-hmm. which is the first time I had done that in many, many years. Watch TNG, you know, season mm-hmm. by season by season in its entirety. Um, Season one was actually worse than I remembered it, <laughs> which is which is that's you know saying quite a bit because I thought it was terrible. Um, um, that's not to say that there weren't some good moments in it. Um, there are several, I'd say about four or five shows that stand out to the season and kind of point the way to where where it might be going later on, but. Yeah, I thought it was a hot mess. I thought it was a hot mess when I watched it in
2: 1987.
4: Um, I'm sorry. No, this is good. It just, to me, if it, it, it was so disjointed and all over the place during season one that if it hadn't been called Star Trek, it probably would have been canceled.
0: I think that's fair. I also think if it hadn't been for the goodwill created by uh, uh, Voyage Home
4: that, that bought a lot of goodwill. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and we all, you know, and we'll I think there is th- there was enough likability with the cast itself. I think that was ultimately as shaky as season one was. The characters were more or less fully formed by the end of the season. By the so end, you're, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you you could already glom on to you know somebody you might really enjoy. I think Data like, emerged very quickly as something that the fans would rally around. I
0: I think somebody, I think Geordie came uh, was the first one to really blossom. Into such a likable character, and I think that was mm-hmm. a lot because Lavar Burton was the biggest star of all of them at the time.
4: He was, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. when uh, when the promos for that show came out, the only two people I knew were Lavar Burton and Will Wheaton. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I recognized some of the other faces like Patricks and, and, and Frakes, but I didn't know their names. You know, the only yeah, it's true. You know, Lavar definitely had a, more of a profile during season one. Um, but you know, data emerged during season one, so. There was the characters were, were there, so there was that was something you could glom on to even if the show itself wasn't really working particularly well overall. So um, yeah, I think it's it's one of the weaker seasons of all in the entire franchise, I think. Yeah. Um, and season I used to lump season two, that I'm gonna go off on, I'm not gonna to go too far off on a tangent. I used to lump the first two seasons together, which was not fair. Season yeah, two is a great deal better than different. season one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um anyway, that's my feeling about season 1. It's um like I said there is a handful of episodes that make it worthwhile, but it's it's kind of a turkey. <laughs> Matt, what about you?
1: I would say uh I don't know if I'd go quite as low, you know, on the on the low bars as Brian has set, Oof. but I would say it is quite mediocre overall. Like um I think it's also as we you know, just sort of hit on, there's a lot of ups and downs. Like for every pretty decent episode, I feel like there's something that plums the depths of terrible that kind of (laughs) more than offsets it potentially, you know? I'm glad to see you pulling
4: your punches here, Matt.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, this is the season, I hate to trot it out, but this is the season of Code of Honor after all. I mean, come on. (laughs) It, it's yeah, right out of the gate man yeah, right out right of, the of the gate, gate. <laughs> okay it's, it's hard to recover but anyway. one
0: thing i want to say about code of honor there's one cool thing i liked in it is where tasha is doing like the martial arts training on the holodeck because that yes. seemed like such a plausible reasonable application of the holodeck for yeah. a paramilitary organization it was like, uh, for training it was like
1: right? real life you know street fighter you know what i mean like... exactly so yeah. I, I remember yeah. watching yeah.
0: that, and they set it up because they want to show that Tasha is, you know, a, a, a physically capable for yeah. when the fight at the end, right? So it's like a Chekhov's gun type of thing. Um, yep. But I remember like looking at it thinking, yeah, of course they do that. That makes more sense than using the holodeck for, like, running around and whistling pop. Oh yeah. the weasel.
1: Yeah, exactly. They should be doing, like, you know, they should be doing, like, rugged hikes and, like, yeah. runs and, mm-hmm. you know, general, like, physical workout stuff in yeah. the for sure
0: like they did in that episode of discovery where they they had like a uh, uh, uh um what's the word like a marksmanship training exercise like that kind of thing
1: oh yes 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 right mm-hmm. definitely
0: so now my impression and this this is why i think it's so important to hear kayla's perspective on this is the three of us we all watched this when it first aired when we were kids right
3: yep yeah exactly and mm-hmm. kayla mm-hmm. didn't
0: and so that's what's so interesting for me is her perspective of consuming it retroactively. Because for me, even though I can, look, I have two, two main things on my takeaways from the first season. One, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be on that show so much, right? I wanted oh, to absolutely. jump <laughs> through yeah. my oh, through yeah, my my, uh, my screen and 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 be on that bridge. And as much as people like made fun of Wesley so much, every Boy in America who watched that show looked at Wesley and said, "I want to be him. I want to be on that." Oh, show. oh, no,
4: no right. questions yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me. No, I don't, nah, but, but I have to say, <laughs> well, like, that's mostly this? because
0: I want, I want to have his job. Yeah, how about that?
4: I, I... yes, I'll yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah I, see, I I did not. I, I'm he was Will so a year older than me, so I'm like, <laughs> okay. so that's little, yeah. I, I should be identifying with him, and I did not identify with. Yeah, I, sh- I should say
1: my identification with with Wesley actually really. Happened in season two when he got much better. The, the, yeah, so they the wrote best, they wrote him much better. after that. <laughs> but yes,
0: season two, yeah. absolutely. But like yeah. to yeah. have your mom say, "Hey, I'm going to get you the, an, an internship flying the ship." Who wouldn't yep. want that, right?
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For, so, sure. So for sure. So
0: I have very fond memories just of of that as as he, as a kid. Now, the other thing that I look retroactively back at season one in terms of its missteps was Rodney's, Rodney's Roddenberry's Roddenberry's Uh, general (laughs) tone, I don't know, it's it's late, Uh, was Roddenberry's general tone of this is a perfect universe, right? Where there's no challenges and no problems and everyone... And and we've grown beyond despair and all that kind of stuff. Um, Because this lurched so far in one direction that the rest of the franchise of the Berman era was basically trying to compensate for it. I mean, if you look at Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise they are all desperately trying to create drama by being as different mm. from TNG as they can, or at least specifically from what TNG was set up in season one,
3: right? Which is uh, interesting, So mm. I'll just point out that uh, TNG was the most successful of all the franchises. No
0: question. Well, no but, question. but I
1: think we're, when we say TNG, we think, like, seasons three through six, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Peak yeah. TNG. So yeah, yeah,
3: yeah well, you mean after... Roddenberry's influence Wayne. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sort of exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: you're you're right, to sort of, p- to point that out to me. And there's no question that it's the most successful of the fra- instance of the franchise at all. But I think everybody agrees, and certainly if you talk to Ronald Moore, Iris Stephen Bear, or whatever, that the con- story writing constraints that they had was something that made it very difficult. Yeah. For sure. So those are my mm-hmm. two main takeaways. So let's uh, let's turn back to our defense attorney. Okay.
3: Okay, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Um no, I think Jared's point is a really good one. The th- I was thinking about this too before you said it, Jared, that you all watched this. I assume having watched TOS. And I, I Me, mean,
4: definitely, yeah.
3: The first Star Trek I ever saw was the Next Generation. Actually, yeah,
1: see that and that makes sense.
3: Encounter at Far- Farpoint aired before I was born. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so just just barely. Um, but, you know, obviously I was an infant when this was, was airing. So I had... I, it was just around. And so this was my, my initiation to track, And that's obviously a big reason why it has such a place in my heart. But it also, I think, does give me a very different perspective. Because I was never looking at season one through the lens of what had come before it. Because mm. what had come before it for me was probably seasons four, five, and six. Because ah. I'm sure I never watched it in order. The first time I watched it, surely it wasn't in order. It was, it was right. you know, in syndication. Right. So... You know, so for me, it's a completely different perspective. And I, I, I in, a w- in a way, don't have the baggage of TOS and comparing this to that. I'm actually more comparing this to the later seasons of T and G. And so I see it as, oh, this is like the past. This is like the, the place where, you know, whatever your favorite season, like somewhere in the middle, let's pick a random season, like five or six. If you love that season, like this is where it came from. So you're almost like looking back fondly. So that's when I see goofy things in season one. I don't just go like, oh, my God, this is horrible, because I already know the end of the story. It's going to get good. And so, Which is
1: true. If, if, if Hindsight, you know, is helpful. It,
3: yeah, and I came with hindsight. Mm.
4: Right. Yeah. You see, to me, that doesn't help the material, though. Like, I, I, um, it, no, I'm just bad, sharing. Bad with, stuff is bad stuff. Well, I'm
3: just sharing what my perspective, so it, it, it resonates differently with me, because if I saw season one and hadn't seen any of their seasons, I might be worried for the future of the show if something was really bad, right? Yeah. But if you're looking back on it, like, okay, we can look back at, you know, Spock's brain, right? Probably one of the worst episodes of Star Trek ever, right? Certainly with the
0: silliest name.
3: But we laugh at it. Mm -hmm. We're not upset by it because it was just one of the stupid episodes of TLS. (laughs) the the, the franchise was fine. So that's partly, I think, where I'm coming from. So um, I guess the point that I want to make in my opening statements is that The Next Generation season one has some goofy moments, some bad moments, some goofy and bad episodes. But on the whole, I feel it delivers some of the most amazing, in particular, Picard moments. Um, It introduces some of the most pivotal and important things in Next Generation sort of quote unquote history and beyond, which I'll point out a few of those. And even in all its goofiness, it has one hell of a heart, which really Mm. shines.
0: I agree with that. It does have a heart. All right.
3: And to me, that's the most important thing is like the overall tone and the heart and the meaning and what it was trying to say and do. And I really like resonate with its message.
0: All right. Okay. Which, what are some prime Picard moments that stand out to you? Like that you mentioned.
3: Um, Okay. So here's one. I think it's a good example because not everyone agrees that this is a good episode. Um, This is an episode called Symbiosis.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. which uh-huh. I
3: really like. I think it's one of the, my favorite episodes from season one. And this is the episode where yeah, there are two planets in the quote-unquote symbiotic relationship. The one planet um, is wealthy and the other planet is poor, and the wealthy planet is supplying medicine to the poor planet. But it turns mm-hmm. out we learn that the, that the medicine they're supplying is an addictive drug, kind of like an opioid which um at first was necessary but then basically all they're doing is feeding the addiction but the rich planet is the only that's the only um is is the only source of their economy on the entire planet so if they were to just say okay you can't sell them these drugs anymore their entire society would collapse and i I love this episode for a number of reasons i think first of all because it shows drug addiction in a more positive light than is typical even on modern Mm -hmm. television. Um, It shows the drug addiction as more of a disease and something done to a person rather than a choice.
0: Or, or in this case, Um, a a whole civilization, not just a person.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So you're not like, oh, these are just some low lives. Like, no, they're 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 addicts. They can't help it. And and it shows how you know, even though you know the the rich planet are a bunch of dicks for doing this to the poor planet, like clearly that's wrong morally. But it's not so easy to change things, right? Because if they simply just chains it. You can't do this anymore. Their entire economy collapses. And so then you're harming those people. And Picard comes against, you know, one of his, his run-ins with wondering what to do because on the one hand, the moral thing would be to stop this drug trade. And on the other hand, the prime directive. And he also can't put this rich planet into disarray. You know, there some people on that planet are innocent, right? And so in the end, he pulls it off in such a Picard way. He ends up saying, um, okay, I'm going to, just go, I'm going to go ahead and remove myself completely from the situation so we will let the addicts have their drugs, but we will not do the other thing we had promised, which was to fix their ships so that they could get more drugs.
0: Yep. So he, mm. he outwits them using the Prime Directive.
3: He does, and he also doesn't out the rich planet. So the, the, the poor planet folks, they take their drugs and they're like, you don't know what you've done to us by not fixing our ships. And he's like, you don't understand how wrong you are on that. I completely understand what I've done because it's the only choice morally that I could make. And it was just, oh, what a wonderful way to take this gray area. And it's not a good solution, but it's the best thing that he could have done, right? And what do you guys think?
0: I, I think it's cool that you had such a reaction to this episode because I think most people put it in the meh category. And yeah. honestly, I think the thing that's most remark the two things that are most remarkable about it when Star Trek fans talk about this episode on the, admittedly, infrequent occasions that they do, is one is that it had the two actors from Wrath of Khan
3: coming yep. back, yep. Uh-huh. which, which yep. was
0: cool. And that this was actually the last episode that, with Denise Crosby that was filmed. So there's that little bit where Picard and Beverly are going out the, the, uh, the, the door. And she's in the back, mm-hmm. sort of out of focus, and she waves goodbye. And like, she waves, yep. yeah. Which I'm sure if they'd noticed, they would not have let her do that. Um, so it those are two sort of very minor aspects of the episode. So it's really it's really cool to me that this struck such a chord with you. Even though I'm probably one of the ones who puts it in the mech category.
3: A lot of people do. That's one yeah. of the reasons I picked it as the first episode I thought we could talk about. Sure, absolutely. It, sh- it shows off Picard being Picard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, because one of the things I love about Trek is the gray areas, that things aren't black and white. You know, we're Mm -hmm. we're confronted with these moral quandaries, and it's like, there isn't a right answer. And I thought this was beautifully done.
0: Did you think the episode was didactic at all? In what way? Like lecturing people with, did it hit people over the head too much with its message? I mean, I didn't think so.
4: I didn't think so either, no.
0: Oh, you didn't? Okay, good.
4: No, no, I thought it made its point without getting too heavy-handed. Okay. Um, I, I like the episode. That was one of the more decent episodes. I put it in the mid, mid, middle of the pack, I would mm. say, of season one.
0: And Kayla put, kindly put together the IMDB rankings for all of these, and of the 26 episodes, it is number 13, so it is right in the middle.
4: How about it? Well, there you go.
1: So it cool. kind of earns its place in the middle there. Yeah, absolutely. I would say. <laughs> okay, so Kayla-
3: I guess.
0: Oh, sorry.
3: Uh, I guess um, what I'll ask you then is, so I've made the the argument that season one shows off Picard, and not not in every episode. You know, he, Picard starts off as a huge dick, right? Yes. But, yep. <laughs> but that was really only in the very beginning, I think, and mm. from the middle, at least from like the almost middle onwards, I think he really becomes Picard and you you learn, you know, what a smart and, and good leader he is. So I kind of wondering if you guys disagree with that that supposition that, that season one shows off Picard being Picard.
0: My reaction to this is if, if we look at the, and I probably said this before, if you look at the original series, we have a triad of characters, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, who have these very different worldviews and that's where the drama comes from. And in season one, the triad is Picard, Riker, and Wesley, who were idealized versions of Roddenberry himself at different ages, right? So Mm -hmm. Riker's how he envisions himself as a young man. Wesley's how he envisions himself as a boy to the point that his middle name is Wesley. And then Picard is sort of how he saw himself then as this very wise Renaissance man. And you can't this is also why they split up the action the way they did through the first couple seasons where the away team would go and have something that might involve shooting and, and fighting and stuff. And then Picard would stay on the ship and he would have maybe yeah. the more contemplative uh, adventure, right?
4: Yeah. And Patrick hated
0: that. I'm sure he did. And, and he got his revenge on that with the movies. He absolutely got his revenge on that. Oh, yeah. And then some. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that he murdered Academy Award winner F. Murray Abraham by saying, Time's up, Ruwafo, and then letting him burn to death. That was his revenge for season one.
4: <laughs> yeah. As as we've as we've discussed in, at length in the past, movie Picard is very different from TV Different Picard character. Is very different. Very different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very
0: different. Um, so I think this is an episode where Picard sort of started to seize the reins. Right where he's clearly more of a driver in it than the guy on the ship talking, while Riker does something mm. perhaps more interesting for people to watch. That's fair. So, so I would yep. I would agree with you that this was an episode where he started Picard started to become Picard.
4: As the captain, yes, I don't think the personality was there yet. I still think he was kind of an asshole <laughs> <laughs> through most of the season and into season two uh-huh. also. I don't feel like Picard kind of mellowed out, and I don't think Patrick had a, a total grip on him until season three.
0: What, which episode? And this maybe is a digression. Which, by which episode would you think where he started to get a hold of things?
4: I think it was just a slow, organic phenomenon. Wow. Like it just over time, you just like he, he. There was a certain stiffness to the way he played him for a while. I thought, and I don't know if that was by design or if that's because Patrick wasn't comfortable playing him. But I felt like it took him a while to find the right notes to play with Picard. And the writers didn't really know how to do with Picard for a while either, I don't think. So, As you kind of intimated that, yeah. you know, Riker was off on the... doing the adventures, and Picard was just doing this contemplative thing on board ship. Yeah, I
1: mean, in that. season one, I can't think how many times Picard basically yells at people over the communicator. What's going on? Report! Things like that,
4: because yeah, he's yeah. just
1: standing there, like, totally out of the yeah. loop, you know? Yeah,
4: I didn't... <laughs>
2: Which I like is that unfortunate. Joke.
4: Matt, yeah. Um as I've said on the podcast before, I didn't like him for a while when when the show first started. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of this stiff ass Brit. <laughs> he could be very snotty at times.
0: And the defining quality of him as a captain is he A selected a ship to put to lead that would have kids on it, and B hated kids. Yeah.
4: Right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there were
0: plenty of ships that wouldn't have had kids on it and he could have been captain of them.
4: Yeah, but he wouldn't have been the captain of the first galaxy class starship. Right, I know.
0: Or... Let's see what this galaxy class starship can do. That's, that's right. another <laughs> weird thing in the first season is they're always bragging about how amazing the technology is.
1: That is true. They do that a lot. That is a good point. They yeah. do
4: do that a lot. Yeah.
1: Did you did you get it it's 80 years like in the future from TOS. Yeah, that's did what it that? is. Yeah. I, a lot of it, a lot of it was. Yeah, yeah
4: that's a lot of it.
3: So okay, so let me try another angle because another one of the things that I think makes season one important is the fact that it introduces a lot of really important things for the for the franchise. So let's let's start from the top. Let's go from the earliest and, okay. and follow follow through. So the so first. Let me, let me guess or, what
0: the first one is. I think the first one is. Can I guess? The, yeah, which, I guess. The holodeck.
3: Um, actually the first thing I was going to say, well, the first thing, the the really first thing I was going to say was the Ferengi. Ah, okay. It's the first time Mm. we ever meet the Ferengi. The first episode that they're in, The Last Outpost, is Is not a particularly memorable episode. No. Except for their, um, weird whip thingies. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: Which would never come (laughs) back. Yeah. Yeah, which are best forgotten, really.
3: And then, of course, the, (laughs) yeah, so they're completely different. They're a completely different race than we get to know later, especially in Deep Space Nine. But mm-hmm. even in um, the the next episode, we meet them in the battle.
2: Yeah, um, much which better.
3: I actually really like that episode. Um, so that is not only the next the time we really establish who the Ferengi are, at least the very beginnings of them. You know, obviously Deep Space Nine they get much more more established. But in general, establishing who the Ferengi are. Um, uh, and of course, that's the episode with the Battle of Maxia, where they have that red Orby thing and they're like mind controlling Picard.
2: But mm-hmm. This is
3: the, also the birth of the Picard maneuver.
2: Mm. Yep.
3: This is the first time this is ever mentioned. And it has been referenced a ton in episodes to follow and even most recently in Star Trek Picard.
1: Yeah. Yep. True.
2: True. Mm-hmm.
3: We also, before that episode where no man has gone before, um, is where we meet the Traveler. Which is a really important character, and even though he only appeared in, what, two episodes?
0: Three. Uh, three.
4: Three. episodes three. of yeah. the
3: entire seven seasons. He, he's like, people know who the Traveler yeah, is. Yeah, he left memorable. a mark. Oh,
4: yeah. Big time. And he, that-
3: you know, he, he ended up having, you know, a, the most important role in terms of, like, Wesley, what happened to Wesley, and this idea of different mm-hmm. ways of exploring the universe. Like, this was in, what, the one, two, three, four, five, sixth episode, We Meet the Traveler.
0: Yeah. He also, I think he was uh, a finalist yep. to play Data, that actor, if I huh. remember correctly.
3: So everything about The Traveler to me is like, that's classic Trek in a lot of ways. That whole story even of Where No Man Has it Gone Before is, is very classic Trek to me.
4: Yes, I agree. That's one of the better episodes of the season, no question.
0: I also, I really like the sort of analog special effects they use. Like when they get, you know, to the edge of the universe or whatever. And there's like the uh, the bubble bath or whatever it is like uh, yeah. it, it could have been stupid <laughs> but it still looks like captivatingly beautiful
4: yep they did a beautiful job recreating that for the blu-rays oh did they I haven't seen that I should check it out yeah oh,
3: right, you, you've well, got to yeah. watch all the remasters they're insane yeah. yeah
1: I mean that's yeah. I mean that was that was film so all they did was just put the layers back Recomposite together it. yeah yep. exactly yep. so it's it's amazing what they did in 87
4: yeah yep
3: okay how about this one now let's jump right to to jared's point the holodeck Mm -hmm. so the the first holodeck episode um which was the big goodbye
2: Mm -hmm. which
3: was obviously the establishment of dixon hill who was going to be a very often returning character the establishment of this like type of episode this style of episode and i learned today in my research that it was the first hour-long drama to win a peabody award for excellence in television broadcasting oh very nice it won an Emmy for Outstanding Costume Design for a Series and it had an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Cinematography for a series.
4: Oh cool. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good looking show. No it, question. It's
3: also one of the one of the most highest rated um episodes of the season. Of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so number the big goodbye, six,
4: Number
0: six on your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So now my thought with the big goodbye is they were trying Brian I correct me if I'm wrong, I think they were trying to recreate the aesthetic of a piece of the action to try to pull in TOS fans and give them something yep. familiar do you, do you think that's yeah. accurate
3: I think that's definitely a reaction a lot of people had I think it's even noted on the memory alpha page that that was one of the main reactions that people had that it was yeah. too hmm. too similar to a piece of the that's action that's
1: funny I, I never thought about it because it wasn't like a farce you know what I mean yeah. I never, put that I never together, thought actually. of it that way. No, mm-hmm. I
4: never thought of it that way at all.
0: Interesting. Even, I think Data's hat looks a lot like Kirk's hat. I'll have to double check that. Mm. Well, it well, does,
4: my, I, I think
1: it does. You're right. I think it does.
0: Yeah. 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 So that, that's
4: part of just the style of the era, though. They used sure. to tilt yeah. their, their hats like that, you know?
0: My favorite part of this episode is when the guy is hitting on Beverly, and she has no idea what's going on. Because <laughs> yeah. she's such a fish out of water, and he gives her some gum, and she gives just eats it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it was so good. Uh-huh. The Hulk, I also so the Hulk, I love Nick. I love the guy who
0: plays uh Cyrus Redblock. Is that his name? The big bad in that? Yes. Yes. Yep. He would he would come back on an episode of Deep Space Nine as like an evil warlord, and then he also played Elaine's dad on an episode of Seinfeld. Great character <laughs> yeah. actor.
1: Memorable episode there. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. He's a memorable looking dude.
1: Oh
4: yeah.
3: So of course, uh, the uh, one of the other great holodeck episode of season one is another beloved episode one one zero zero one zero zero one the Speca- binary episode spectacular episode
4: yeah. I love I love that episode it's probably my favorite one of season easily one. this easily. yeah
3: this is another really high high rated one and obviously this is what gave us um, minuet and really set the stage for what the holodeck was and why it was special
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah for sure. And why Not they to could mention use the binars
3: being just interesting aliens in general and the way they communicated and everything. That was a nice, and it was a small enough piece of the story that you just got that interesting bit of it without it and going something on too long. that,
0: that took yeah. me years and years to realize is, okay, so I understand their are binaries, I understand they're computer, ca- computer-centric, they see everything in zeros and ones. I mean, the whole reason they hijack the ship is because in their binary view of the universe, the Federation will either say yes or they will say no. And there's a 50% yep. chance they'll say no. So they go with the one that's 100% chance and they just
3: steal the ship. <laughs> yep. You might yep. have exactly. said no.
1: Exactly. You might have um. said no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a great episode. Very good. It's also, this, this is the episode that uses the whole cast the best, right? Every Even though it's very Picard and Riker centric, everybody has something fun in this episode. The whole business with Geordi teaching Data how to paint is a very memorable moment from season one. And the introduction of Worf and Tasha playing Parisi Squares is really good. Which, of course, when they bring back Minuet in season four, they would bring back Parisi Squares as well as like a a little tell to uh, the foreshadowing that they were uh, referring back to the same uh, episode and character. Very well executed. Terrific episode.
3: See, look how much time we just spent. And I breezed through those talking about, you know, awesome firsts. And well, that's because we don't like moments
1: because we didn't we don't set out to hate any star trek you know what i mean like we like well, there is good stuff in here but
3: yeah but so, we, uh, that's we can another, also that's... we can
4: also divert to the bad stuff yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, i've been
3: waiting <laughs> like, for you you guys have been like okay. too easy on me so far okay like so. my point is that this season one establishes all these really important things and they do so in a lot of times in really beautiful ways
0: true okay. hard Fair to rough. argue with that okay so kayla what did you think of the second lowest rated episode on your list? The lowest rating is Code of Honor, which we touched on briefly. Second lowest is Angel <laughs> One. Let's talk about that which is, episode. Darn right uh, no, Angel, Angel One, one I, I, is I, I,
3: My just, literally my note so I have two columns in my spreadsheet. Is mm-hmm. what episode is this? So to remind me, you know, what happened. No, like the, and then the Notable Things. And then the notes I have under Notable Things for Angel One is <laughs> simply one word. Boring.
1: Oh, it is. Yep. It's terrible.
4: Very. Like, who cares?
1: Yeah.
3: It's boring. Every
1: everything is inconsequential, really. And like everything,
2: yeah.
3: It's also like Like I'm like not sure if I'm supposed to be insulted by it. Like the, yeah, that's
2: the whole, why I oh, bring it up. That's why I bring it's it up. It's bad. Like the whole it's idea bad. that the,
3: that a matriarchal society is so foreign and weird and oh yeah. my God. And God well, forbid and it, that it, writers it show any has, femininity.
1: Right. And then it essentially has all the cliches that you'd expect, but like flipped and it's just as bad and just as cliche. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, And it's just it's reinforcing
3: like toxic, you know, yeah. stereotypes yeah. for both men and women.
1: That's what I mean. It's like just as bad, but then you just flip them and like that doesn't make it better to flip the just as terrible like stereotypes, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: there's also like no point to it right because there's like no no interesting plot like there's an episode of Red Dwarf where they go to a parallel universe but the genders are all swapped and it is the source of like some comedy where negative character traits that the male characters have are like flipped on them for the effect of creating laughter which because it's a comedy makes sense but for this there's nothing behind it at all nothing no this is
1: and this is exactly it's not a comedy like it's not, it's supposed to be serious and it's yeah. like no this is ridiculous yeah. like mm-hmm. yep.
3: and the comedic moments are tone deaf
1: forced yeah weird
3: tone deaf because they're like oh he's he he, wearing perfume it's
1: oh like, yeah which again so? like especially in the season one version of tng in roddenberry's like super like casual sex chill like environment that he was sort of importing from 70s gene into this you know that shouldn't matter at all they should be totally open to whatever yeah it's so funny yeah they're over there giggling that he's like flashing a lot of chest you know and stuff and it's like what you guys are supposed to be chill like especially season one TNG it's made it very clear that like things are very like chill and (laughs) casual with you know, people are very mature sexually, right? Like, and so it's yeah, not so supposed to
3: be a
4: problem. I, know. I don't know. None of that I, I at all. do think st- TNG had a very awkward relationship with sex. Oh,
1: oh, it did. But I'm just saying, like, you can see Gene's, like, idea in there trying to be, like, you know, it's his import of the TMP novelization crap. You know what I mean? People should like, be open
3: it, to things. And here they're it's not open in to there. it at all. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: They're laughing at it so okay. yeah and
1: it's like really all right first off it's a custom maybe just like have some cultural sensitivity you exactly
3: know? <laughs> yeah it's like super immature
1: yeah
0: the the only so, i don't think i've ever rewatched this episode from when it first aired when I first oh it. it's hard to re-watch i, I it. caught it yeah, on cable
2: a few weeks ago and i was like it's no-ful. a
0: code of honor you can at least appreciate on a kitsch value or like a holy crap did they really do that value yeah but this yeah. there's nothing there's nothing.
3: Well, Code of Honor has the spiky hand things. Yes, it
0: does. <laughs> it does. Yes, right? it does. It look. They look like props from the Dark Crystal or something like that.
1: Yeah, just, yeah, yeah.
3: Just like the last outpost has the weird whip things. Like, I at least remember those whip things and the spiky hand things
4: yeah i'll never forget watching code of Honor for the first time like wow yeah. what is this yeah. and this is
3: the fourth episode if i'm counting a <laughs> uh-huh. four point yep. is two this
1: is the fourth kind of, episode yeah. so like not after great start. Yeah. there's no vaccine you know and you're like what <laughs> the hell like oh, what is it going
4: so good? bad it, it yeah pro- 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 a code of i was Honor. 14 i was 14 when this aired and even i was like holy shit yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: it's not it's not good well and especially what makes this one maybe perhaps like the lowest point is it comes on the heels of the naked now you know, so, oh. which is an which I think like you know maybe it could have been a more interesting episode had it happened. Oh, I don't know, another season, right, or yeah, something. You need oh, to yeah, know the characters. Yeah. You need to know the characters. Yeah, the second the episode is about it. Right, exactly. The second episode after the pilot, so like the third episode total, and you're having them behave oddly. Well, what, what what's what's out of character? We don't know exactly. yet. Exactly. You know. Yeah. It's and so and
4: dumb. It was an also an odd choice to make because. Yeah, it's a blatant tried remake. so hard to like try to try to differentiate themselves right. from the original series and they immediately leaned and into then they the immediately series. did it yeah Even it's the like na-
3: what the naked it was yeah. obviously Even... a remake of the original series the naked Time. well and
1: then well they, yeah, then they, yeah and then they mm-hmm. like pull up the library computer records yeah. and they're like yep. oh back on kirk's Enterprise, right. this same thing happened I and remember it's like so- right
3: something about someone taking a shower and his or her yeah yeah.
1: yeah like really
0: yeah. thousands of years of human history and that's what you remember
3: well, oh, human brains are weird. I Touché. mean, it stands
1: out. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, okay.
3: <laughs> so I will point out, this was actually a thing that I forgot on my list of notable things in terms of first and important establishing moments. So yes. this episode was mediocre at best. I will give you that. But I would say it's below did, average. But what do we... Which what, episode are we talking about? Naked Now. now. Naked, naked, naked
1: Now. now. Naked we now. moved what, on to what, the Naked Now. Sorry. What
3: do we all remember from the Naked yes, Now? Yes,
1: there is the, one thing that's
3: quite I
0: am that's quite fully notable. functional, programmed in multiple yes. techniques.
3: Data That's and right. Tasha have sex.
1: Which is which is an important thing, of course, in Data's important. life. It's very important.
3: It establishes Data's character. It establishes their interesting relationship that carries on until Tasha dies and, and, and at her and beyond. beyond. Yeah. And beyond. It, it comes back in Measure of a Man, one of the best episodes of the series, in my yeah. opinion, where they, they use the fact that Data and Tasha had an intimate relationship as a reason to show that he was more than the sum of his parts, that he was right. more human than they were <laughs> I owe. him. Yeah. She, she wasn't yeah, trying to do so. it
4: she was making a legitimate point yes
3: but
1: at the <laughs>
4: but time you had to say that. a lot of people laughed their asses off it was crazy. but that's the
1: thing hard. right like yes there's this notable there's this notable piece but the rest of it is just awful
3: but, it, the, but the notable piece is still there so right I would just like to say I would like to ask you know put this forth so so far my, the response to my very elegantly made <laughs> argument about the importance of these firsts and key moments in TNG history was met with one response, which was Angel One Sucks. So if you guys have nothing further.
0: Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to revisit then that uh, it did establish the Ferengi, but then it also didn't, right? Because everything else from the Ferengi going forward would be as much apart from this as they could be, right? You Do You
3: think even we... in the battle they weren't...
0: Yeah, Fair. even in the battle uh, it's pretty bad. Remember the battle is the one where they say if if the, the captain ever violates our code then the second officer must be sacrificed or something like that, right? Oh, weird. They, yeah, they, they didn't uh, have a good handle on the Ferengi. No, and then they also called them, like, they, what do they
1: call them, old Yankee traitors or yes, something? Yes, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. 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 It's, they, o- it's very awkward. They
0: didn't get a handle on what the Ferengi were supposed to be until the third season episode, Menage a Troy. I think that's when they first uh yeah
4: i agree yeah. jared yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, okay
3: yeah. i will concede the ferengi
0: <laughs> okay and wesley we also established wesley is is oh yeah off. the writing
1: for wesley is god awful throughout season one like except for like season, yeah. coming of age yeah
0: is there anything on the coming of age episode you want to talk about i'm keeping track of how many episodes we've gone into yes you, is there actually, anything about that yes. you want to say okay great there let's hear is. it
3: so this is diverging from. I'm just going to go ahead and call that last one a win for me. Um, <laughs> this is diverging from that theme, and this is more of just like talking about this individual episode. So coming of age is like a, I have these like like positive feelings and negative feelings towards it. It's the one where Wesley takes all these academy exams, but the other plot. There's two main plots really. There's not one that's A and one that's B. I don't think they're both really main plots. The other one is that this guy Remick comes on board and is basically like looking for a mole or like looking for not necessarily a mole but like looking for people like tripping up or doing the wrong thing or some kind of problem for the enterprise and he Mm. finds none and but he's really like everyone dislikes the fact that he's there the fact that they have to go through this he's kind of a dick to everyone he's
0: basically like internal affairs in a police department you don't have any friends when you're ia
3: Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And he comes in with this, you know, his boss has this attitude, like he's supposing they're already guilty. And so they all feel like, well, we don't stand a chance. You already have said that we're guilty. But in the end, he he said, you know, I think it's actually even though Remick and they're still mad at him at the end. And I kind of wasn't mad at him at the end because he really shows us what it means to like, like you said, you, you don't have any friends in this job, but he's following orders and he's doing his duty, even if that duty is stupid. And then at the end, he tells the truth about what he found instead of just trying to appease his superiors. So he, instead of saying, oh, I found the thing you were looking for, he said, I tried really hard to find it, but I couldn't. And I have to be honest about that. And I thought that was kind of awesome.
0: Something that I struggled with with this, with that element of the episode, because I think the Wesley training stuff is a little more interesting. Um, is yes, definitely. Is it was too early in the series to do an episode like that. I think it would have been more interesting to do this like yeah. three years into it, when there was Probably more true. stuff to talk about.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, in that sense, like, look, look how say the drumhead works for yeah. that kind of same theme. Yeah, uh-huh. and the drumhead. Right.
3: Oh, love that episode.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So it obviously,
4: but you need you need to know the characters better right. to make that land. Yeah. Right. yeah.
0: Exactly. And 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 there's a moment where Remick says. Like uh, there's a sense of family here, and I'm like, these people still hardly know each other. How yeah, is there a yeah. sense of family here? So I thought they yeah, were yeah, a exactly. little too early. But like on the
1: that. Mu- like they just set off from a Starbase a month ago. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. You know it's what I mean? <laughs> 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 so,
0: so I, I'm not. I, I don't think this is a great episode. I mean, I do. I, don't I love. I love. No. Um, uh, I think it's okay Men- Mendon is that his name Or Mordok I can never yes. remember Which one is in no, which Mordok. episode No Mordok Mordok, Mordok. 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 Like Mendon's Mendon is in the one. next one yeah. Okay I liked yeah. him And I wish they'd brought Like that actor And that species back A little bit more Because I think we only see Th- him They should have We saw him
3: in... one other time Yeah Where Wesley, yeah. Wesley mistakes Another of his species Yeah for... Yeah. Like, yeah. On oh, yeah. the Enterprise yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah And
0: they're like yeah. podlings Or something like that So Yeah exactly They're like
1: yeah.
2: I I really
0: like him um, but it, it's not a great sign that your episode landed, where the backup character, who's mainly just an elaborate um, piece of makeup, overshadows the whole rest of the episode.
2: Yeah.
1: No, no. <laughs> well, then there's that really like C plot, if you're going to call these other two A and B, um, with like the disappointed kid who didn't get to take oh. his academy, oh, you're right. exam, yeah. that's the same who steals the yeah. shuttle. Yeah. 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 That part's and stupid. And it's just like, oh, God. Yep. And it's and supposed to make Picard look not like an ass, basically, <laughs> to kids, right? Because he's like, he's like, trust me, I know what I'm doing when I tell him to bounce off the atmosphere. You know, And Remick's all doubting him. And, so, uh-huh. and it's like, nah, y'all just look like a-holes, honestly. Yeah. That, it <laughs> well, doesn't come off well for anybody. No. You know and, and, I mean? and, no. and this the kid, and the, like... The, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. The, this kid, in the end, you know, he, he, I guess in the end, does the right
1: thing yeah i mean does the right but, thing but, but
3: like he still stole a shuttlecraft, and he, at the end they're just like well i guess you learned your lesson like, yeah like no. oh
1: geez like no
3: no actions <laughs> have maybe, consequences he just literally maybe kick that kid off the ship
1: onto the little onto the starbase below and he can just hang out there for a while you know what i mean like like is uh, there uh,
3: no law <laughs> and order in the 24th
1: century <laughs> <laughs> they, they will community have, they
3: service will... or something jesus yeah,
2: yeah community
1: service totally that's uh-huh. he, he, for sure
0: Okay, and the, the the other thing I remember is a takeaway from this. Uh, I guess the act the character's name is Jake Curland. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes, that's right. Is, yep, hey, yep. First of all, his hair is so, it came from the 80s, right? It oh, a, God, yes. I love yeah. it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> then the, the other thing is, like, there's the shot of him inside the shuttlecraft, and you could tell they didn't have a full set, so they, like, shoot yep. it super tight. And,
3: like, even yep. as a kid, I could
0: tell, this
3: is really <laughs> cheap. If you
0: can't do it right, don't try it at all.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. That, that season one like shuttle cockpit was terrible. They the rebuilt whole, it a, a number of times. It, well, yeah. They really are weird looking. Um, well, let's talk about some more mediocrity, no, no, though. Because, no, okay, you, know, no. you know, one.
0: We, well, if talking about coming of age, oh, we have I to segue this... oh. into, into the sequel. Or did you have other stuff about coming of age you wanted to
1: say? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Oh, no. I was just remembering. I totally forgot more firsts.
1: Oh, what other firsts? Go ahead
3: data lore
1: oh uh,
0: okay ah uh, yes lore I, I did want to segue into conspiracy from coming of age because Remick comes well, back well
1: conspiracy is so, so which I order I like conspiracy is which order as would
0: as you as like as to talk about episode. those yeah. kayla which of those two episodes do you want to talk about first
3: it uh, doesn't matter it's too conspiracy high, oh, too highest conspiracy. rated episode of the season uh, it's not my favorite of the season I, I
1: think that's maybe yeah that's too high honestly way it, too high it is cool way too high it's, it's who the hell was rating that i don't know high? I, the imdb
3: people... people who thought
1: yeah. the exploding chest was cool i think
3: you know what okay. i mean like, mm. <laughs> that so my notes like i have my notes column right so this yeah. is my notes for conspiracy we yeah. see a dude get phasered in his chair Turn into a weird snake monster and then explode. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: true. That it's is true. what
3: I remember from that episode. Yeah, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. You know,
4: I, re- I, I remember that, and I remember the disgusted look on Patrick Stewart's face. Uh huh.
3: <laughs> like, what oh am yeah, I doing it's here?
1: it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah, he has that <laughs> total like, I, was God.
3: A, I was acting Shakespearean plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at yeah, the Globe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I I think my mom didn't let me watch this episode when I was a kid because of the gruesomeness. And so oh yeah, oh I, yeah, it was very it's, very strong material for, for 1987. Yeah. Very weird yeah. from everything from like the the eating the uh, um the the worms, worms basically. Yeah, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: There's also some terrible fight scenes when like the old man like starts kicking right the face. Vitamins
1: they do wonders for the body and exactly, like, yeah. it's like, and oh, it's oh, just God. ludicrous. <laughs>
0: Like there's nothing. Uh, how could a director have done that and said uh, and, and been and gone home and gone to bed and felt good about himself the next day? It's just, I I think this episode is you know we used the word remarkable early on. It is certainly remarkable, um, but and it's also I'm kind of confused with coming of age where like. Uh, Remick is the one who is seeing conspiracy but then he was like also the one who was responsible for the conspiracy. So I thought th- that didn't really make sense.
1: Well, yeah, it's either one of those like somehow he became the host between those two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was the whole time or yeah. something and didn't know it, you know. And...
3: I think the I think the former.
1: I think so, too. but
4: yeah. And they were they were setting that up to be something bigger for the following yes, season. Yes, they and were. Like they, and they and that makes were like, that yeah, makes that me, well. yeah, that didn't go well.
1: But that does make me wonder if like that's why people rate conspiracy so high. Is It's like the first seed of like serialization, kind of. Sure. Because yeah. it's set up and coming of age.
4: Yeah, but it's just a dead end. Yeah. And then it's, oh, of course, it it's a total, it's a total
1: dead end. end. But uh-huh. I just mean, I wonder if that's why people like it. They're like, hey, see, threads of things, like... Even though it doesn't go anywhere, yeah, um, I maybe,
3: don't know. Yeah. maybe, that, maybe, I think or maybe a... people who rate stuff on IMDb are just not worth listening to.
1: Yeah, no, they that's just like also... they they like they like alien gore, and that's what they want to see. Apparently, <laughs>
0: um, the the, other, the the other first from conspiracy that's remarkable is it's the first time we see the Bolians. So that that oh, that's right. Yep. I love a good Bolian. Mm-hmm. Who who doesn't? And apparently, and he's they... <laughs> and, and
1: in this first appearance, they're they're really instead of sort of jolly, they're yeah. very you know. Bizarre and yeah, reserved. much more alien. Yeah. and and apparently
0: yeah, the Bolians yep. make good tomato soup because whenever someone orders tomato soup from a replicator, Majel always includes Bolian tomato soup as one of the options. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. fun fact. Um, so yeah, I don't think Conspiracy is a good episode, and I stand by that.
1: I
4: agree, I agree completely. Yeah, I think I think it really an, turned me off at the time. Oh yeah, I
1: think it's an intriguing like oddity, but I do not think it's in any way, you know, good the way that yeah, being, you know, it's rated really highly. It shouldn't be. It is it, interesting.
0: They they were trying something very different, and it it not all experiments are successes.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it yes, is interesting, indeed. but just like ugh. yeah,
3: honestly, every time I see like a still image or something from that scene with the bluegill Blue aliens i believe is what they're called i i have this thing in my head that's like that's not from star trek <laughs> they never did that it, 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 yeah that's it definitely ridiculous. doesn't
1: fit the rest of the the, the the rest of the era the rest of the burman era it doesn't fit it at all it doesn't fit no. anything so it? we've talked about some remarkable things but let's talk about some stuff that i think drags the the <laughs> drags the score down because okay. there's a bunch of stuff that that I think just we can okay, touch on quickly. just knowing that I have okay, some okay, more
3: in da, my podcast. Data lore. Wait, can oh, okay. we talk about data lore? No, no, go
1: for it, Matt. Well, I think data lore sort of speaks for itself. This is the first lore episode, and like, yeah, there's the Crystalline entity which Chris-Line-Nine. they use again. Yay, yeah. serialization, sort of, that they come back to it. But otherwise, like, it's kind of a crappy episode. Okay, know, no, it's not kind of. It is, it, a, is. it is a
0: crappy episode. Um, It's so crappy, they don't even, the tell is supposed to be, lore can use contractions and data can't. Um, yeah,
1: until they screw it up. But now. they
0: screw it up, right? They're not even <laughs> I, paying yeah. attention to their own script, right? And also, I'm, and then I'm, they give,
1: and then they give Lore a, an obvious like bad guy twitch for a while, which yeah. is like just ridiculous.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, of course. And and I'm I'm gonna, this may be an unpopular opinion. I know we all love Brent, but Lore appears in four episodes. I think only one of them is good, right? I don't think the descent stuff with which the, one? the brothers, which is spectacular. Brothers, yeah, yeah. brothers is very mm-hmm. good. spectacular. Yeah. Um, I don't think the descent stuff with him in the tail end of season six and beginning of season seven. Yeah. I don't think that's good, and I don't think data lore. Is I good. agree.
3: Yeah. Well, at that point, it just gets. It's like, oh, lore. You're going Yeah, do I mean, it's, it's, the, the I it's the
1: evil twin cliche, you know, again and again. Yeah.
3: And they try. They do this reveal of like it's lore, and you're supposed to be like, oh my god! And really, you're just like, oh, really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All
4: right. Yeah. I guess it's the, the, the writers are like, ah, I guess we need to give Brent something to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're contractually obligated to do yeah.
3: more, more that, No,
1: that's that's the movies. <laughs> okay, but having said um, Yeah, that is definitely the
0: movies. Yeah. But uh, on, Kayla, uh, so on your th- list, that's the second highest rate for I M D B users, that's the second highest
4: rated. Episode See of the and, first and I think that's crazy. I,
1: I think, think it it's should not again. It should not be that high. Yeah, it should well, not be that
4: high. Well, there there are a lot of big data fans out there, guys. But this
1: isn't even this doesn't even look good for data most of the episodes. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's at his most sort of naive here. Right. Like, and I don't know. It's just, it's not good overall. Um,
3: I think Home Soil is a better episode.
1: Oh yeah. I think Home Soil is a better episode. And
0: Home Soil episode gave the franchise one of its most memorable lines, which of course is (laughs) ugly (laughs) ugly bags bags mostly mostly water. water. Yeah. Yeah. Great And see,
1: that's actually an episode that I used to not really give to hoots about mm-hmm. and now have have like, we, we did it on this podcast. in fact they sort of reevaluated yep. it I like Oh it that's right warm. we talked about that yeah. uh, a
0: couple uh-huh. of years ago mm-hmm. yeah yep. the, uh, right. from a screenwriting perspective that episode is structured beautifully. the way right. they set up a science fiction idea of the terraforming. They establish this is the normal. Our characters learn, our heroes learn that there's a mystery. They get involved in it. They see there's another mystery behind it. They solve it using their ethics and their intelligence, and then they fly off to the next adventure. From, uh, from a story writing standpoint, right. if Very you want to teach Trek someone ready. how to write a good Star Trek episode, this would be the model you'd use. So, oh yeah, season uh, I, one. Although the I think the costumes for the uh, and the acting for all the uh, terraformers is pretty bad but yeah. I, I yeah I, yeah they're pretty yes, bad yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, um but this the scene where data is in the uh, mining facility or whatever and he the he, the, uh, the laser attacks him and he needs to destroy mm-hmm. it i thought that was kind of cool too
2: mhm
1: so for all this See, but again, we're, we're finding some good nuggets here and there, but I would Ooh. say that there's some stuff that is not particularly redeemable. I think the Lonely Among Us is not in any way Oof. particularly good. Very bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. It, again, you get into this weird thing where, like, Picard can beam his essence out and then they can pull it back into his yeah. body. You Stupid. know, the very first, the very, so I think the very first, like, Miracle Transporter cliche uh, of TNG anyway, you know, the very first time they do that ridiculousness um okay can, it, can right i right after can, it oh sorry oh yeah well i was I, gonna say right after it is justice which is just awful oh, can, it,
0: can i say some things i hate about the last episode outp- about lonely among us i mean yeah sure okay so this is when um sort of the didacticism of season one is that it's most sanctimonious because there's the the two races who are like oh yeah comp- uh, mm-hmm. in conflict with each other the lizard race and the dog race And Picard says, can can you believe they even uh, fought with each other over different forms of economics, which is like his little like thumbing his nose at the Cold War. And it's like, I mean, there's difference between the conflict between the U.S. and the Soviet Union besides just economics, because, of course, Uh, in order to enforce the Marxism of the Soviet Union is complete deprivation of human rights right? So right. that is completely tone deaf, stupid, and wrong, right? Then the other thing I don't like about this episode <laughs> is it took him, if we talk about it, it took him a while to figure out um, Picard, it took him even longer to figure out Worf, because there are a lot of scenes in season one where instead of, like, the nobility and the and the awesomeness of, like, Kor and Kang and Koloth, um, he's basically like a werewolf, and there's a scene in this Yes. <laughs> yes. like, yes. like <laughs> There's an electric shock on his arm, and he gets yep. mad at it like he's going to punch the electric shock. Right? Yeah. It's so yep. stupid. Yikes.
3: Yikes.
0: Like, this man lives on a spaceship. He should know that it's not like a demon he can punch, it's just electricity. Pull your arm away.
1: <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Oh, this is such he's,
0: a bad episode. Oh yeah, my God. he's
1: in that little, like, random little, like, basically under a staircase somewhere with Jordy. Yes, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah stuck but being a junior officer very like stupid and uninteresting stuff and it's just like oh okay
0: yeah yeah oh my gosh this is one of the worst
3: episodes of the season
0: i concur
1: oh yeah yeah for sure
0: uh matt Uh, what else have you got we have we're we've almost to an hour what else have you? yeah we're
1: gonna just kind of run through them so then we also have i think i think haven is quite terrible oh yeah um oh i so uh, bad the the really awful really cheesy looking, not even really a babe, it's supposed to be sort of a eighties ba- like eighties, yeah, yep. for, like like eighties music video babe that this <laughs> Sarah dip, this like hair. dip like dreams about. A, a Tawny apparently, it's like from the
0: White Snake video. Yeah, very yeah, Tawny Danush.
1: Yeah, but like, but like the budget version of Tawny Katan. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The TV rip, you know, version. It. It's like, oh god. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and this and this total drip of a guy that she's like engaged to he or whatever. That is
3: the best. Were to describe him, right? Yeah, and it's just like, like, this he is not saw, interesting. Like, and yeah, he's
1: a hey, maybe we could work <laughs> in concert together. Like, yeah. hey, shut up, dude, go away. Like, and so, and then of course, it turns out, like, that's not the space babe he's been dreaming of, you know. And it's like, okay, who cares? Like, this who is so dumb. It's rando? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like you can uh, basically hear, I want to know what love is in the back, <laughs> totally,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: It's like, yes. this would have been yes. too cheesy for Air Supply to write uh, a song about this episode. Oh, yes. Also, God, I, you totally know, no adult,
1: one... 80s adult contemporary hit. Right yeah, exactly. There yeah. And,
0: you know, mm-hmm. no one loves Majel more than I do, but this is not a great introduction to the character. No, it's no. It's, it's, it's It not. took a little while it's for them to
4: figure out Waxana. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it did. Again, till the, I think the Menage a episode. I think that's when they nailed it
2: mm-hmm. in the yep. end
0: of season three. Also, there's a bit at the beginning where there's a Betazoid gift box, which I remember because <laughs> yeah. it was a very powerful card right. in basically the Star Trek card game that in the from the 90s that was built or that was designed <laughs> to be like a competitor to Magic the Gathering. It was powerful? Gathering. Yeah, it was, very, it was a very powerful card. <laughs> wow, could, it. no way. When you played it, you could pull any three cards out of your discard pile. Anyway, wow. that yeah. is something you shouldn't know. Anyway, but the actor who plays the Betazoid gift box, do you guys know who it yep. was?
4: Yes, I do. Armin Shimmerman. Ar- Armin Shimmerman, oh. That's right. Oh, that's right. I
2: forgot yeah, about. That. So if you, if and you go
1: back and like just watch, they're like don't watch it. What, look at a screen cap. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, please I don't, don't, watch, it. Please no, don't watch it. Please don't watch it. Yeah, don't don't go watch it. <laughs> don't yeah. do it to yourself.
0: And don't do it. To yourself. There's a stupid thing where the after Armin talks, you know, and God love him for taking one for the team on this one. It opens up and it spits out all these jewels and Tosh is like, oh, yeah. look at these amazing jewels. And it's like, wait, you've established that like you're a post-scarcity society where you don't care about things And also that they
1: like can jewels. like replicate all that stuff at exactly. a moment's notice if they wanted to. So it's not exactly. all that like, intriguing. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Well, maybe like, they're like the Sacred Chalice of Reeks. Or you know, <laughs> the Sacred special. Chalice of
0: Reeks is a clay pot, Kayla. And you know exactly. It. <laughs> Come on.
1: We know, we all know that. But maybe it's like a,
3: they're like named jewels or something.
1: Yeah, it could be. It could be. Okay. What it's, else? It's well, a, sir,
4: we have some more worst hits we can go through. We definitely let's do. A, okay. Well, Matt brought up Justice. Yeah,
2: Justice.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Justice. L- let, yeah, terrible. let's not gloss over how just awful.
3: I will. I will say this for Justice: terrible episode. Some great moments with with Wesley saying things like about this line. great but awful. This thing. Um, and then he falls into in some flowers, and, and then he's all
1: like, "Oh, I don't think I know. I'm used to your games that you play, yeah. and all this stuff." Because he thinks they mean like, "Yeah, oh, I'm doing it." it, it so. Yeah, it
4: is so terrible. But but fourteen year old me did enjoy watching that episode for obvious reasons. <laughs> for obvious reasons, yeah. <laughs>
3: and it my 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 point for justice it, in in defense of it being a part of season one, it made its mark. It's memorable. Okay. It's bad, okay. but because it's memorable. of the, yeah. the worst debate. thing it could be is forgettable, and it's not that.
4: Um, I, still I would call bad. that grading on a curve, killer. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> um, uh, well, okay, what's better, ju- Lonely oh. Among Us or Justice? Which one's better?
4: Oh, Justice, mm. Justice, Justice, hundred yeah. percent. I, I would
1: give Justice by yeah, by okay. a little bit. Yeah. The the
0: the the, the you talk about uh, like first and and like motifs that they come up with in first season. The one that they came up with in this was Worf giving like cute little statements, right? Like when the lady oh, hugs yeah. him, he mm-hmm. looks to Riker and says, "Nice planet," right? And yep. so I think that's the mm-hmm. first time he did that. And so we were just complaining about I was just complaining about how Worf is basically a step above a werewolf. But this was the first glimmer of a hope that they might be able to get some, <laughs> some character yes. out of this character.
1: S- someday we will get good tea, nice yeah. house out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. Like, one of his best it, lines
4: ever. It, it, but yeah. I mean, in order for Worf to become Worf Tasha had to die. Really, because that's it. For yeah, for it. It. yeah Tasha it. and that brings there. us to 100%. Skin of Evil. Uh, mm. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I have no love for this episode at all. No. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit.
4: No, it looks cheap. It, look, it's it just, looks cheap. The whole premise is it, odd. It
1: feels, well, it feels like they had to kill someone off and this yeah, is what well, they whipped exactly up. Yeah, that's
3: exactly
2: what it is.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's exactly
3: it. Although, I, I, I will say Riker getting gooified I find cool. that disturbing.
1: Yeah, it looks cool. And I, I still find like, that kind of disturbing. The, the practical yeah, effects
3: that they did with Armas, I think, look awesome.
4: Yeah. For the time? Yeah. 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 Um, but, man, is that... I mean, I do like the way they killed Tasha. I liked that it was so random and senseless. Yeah. Hmm. Because yeah, I mean, that... Yeah. It, it was, was whole like, space she, a it's whole very and shocking. It's very shocking. Yeah. And it's like, you don't see it coming at all. I thought I remember that very clearly watching it at the time, being absolutely stunned at the end of the episode when she did not come back.
1: She didn't come back. Yeah, yeah.
4: I, mm-hmm. I was amazed. I, it, it highlighted to me something that Star Trek very rarely does because most of the time when somebody buys it on Star Trek, it's a red shirt right So we don't really care about them. But Tasha by that point we have had some sort of feeling about so her the sudden insane senselessness of her death really hit home yeah. and it highlighted in reality that if you were out in space, it would there be an extraordinarily you come dangerous, dangerous place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know?
0: Would you say that space is disease of darkness wrapped in something or other? I can't remember the rest of the line.
3: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say um, slow clap for Brian. Thank Kay. you for uh, excellently defending my position.
1: <laughs> for what? Yeah. How's that?
3: For saying like, what a wonderful job they did with that with the killing of Oh,
4: yeah, bad. I like the way yeah. they did that. Yeah. That's the only good thing about the episode though. So,
0: can I tell you my headcanon for this episode? Maybe I already have. So, there's Mm-mm. a there's a bit where Armis says he was left there by a race of titans, basically like he was marooned by these super space aliens. And in my headcanon yep. as a young man, I always thought that him and the god alien were marooned by the same race of Titans, right? That there were these powerful, yeah, dangerous sense. alien creatures that got um, uh, uh, exiled or, or or otherwise. And so I always connected those two. And a lot of that may have been because uh, like a year, less than a year later, Final Frontier would come out. And so that's why it was yep. fresh in my yep. mind. But I always connected those two, even though there's absolutely nothing to connect them. And they're honestly both not great villains.
1: Right. But that's a fun beast to hit candidate to make mediocre villains better. I <laughs> Thank like you. Uh, Thank you, Matt. I tried. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think one last piece of mediocrity that really stands out as just being awful that we should just hit on <laughs> before we call it done is let's not forget when the bow breaks. Oh. Which is really yeah. forgettable. Or let's forget, forget it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's this whole thing. And especially, so this goes back to that sanctimonious 20th century people suck thing which is like they talk about the amount of pollution is like what would happen if we don't get our act together in the you know in, in the current day well you know give or yeah, take yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what happened is this cloak basically like let, let the greenhouse gases and some other crazy shit run away and it made them sterile you know and it's like oh yeah yeah oh okay message i got it like ooh, message you know and it's like and and it's just not very it's just weird you know like oh we're gonna kidnap kids because we're sterile but these kids won't be you know and it's like for a supposedly secret advance race that of course we just learned the legend of at the beginning of the episode because we've never heard of before right. or whatever mm-hmm. um That are supposedly all advanced and have this secret cloak that can cloak their entire planet. These guys did know actual science. It's about why the hell they're sterile. You know what I mean? Like, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, the guy who plays the leader of that, the old man, also would play Mark Twain. Yeah. Which is a Mm -hmm. much better
4: episode. Much better, much better. Much better episode. I know. I do want to give one specific positive shout out to season one and season two of the show, which is that the music is much better oh, <laughs> than it is mom. in the rest yeah, of the series. Mom. Yeah. It, it, there it was sp- before Rick, it was before Rick Berman got control and turned it all into sonic wallpaper.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, That is true. I think season one gets a little more over the top at times. It does like too much. So yeah, but yes, I agree. And season two is, I think is where they hit their sweet yeah, spot. So there's some really good neutered. music in season two. Yeah. Mm.
4: Um, and then Rick Berman got a hold of it, and that was the end of it. But, but yeah, I wanted to give that a shout out. Most of yeah, TNG's best my... music, most of TNG's best music is at the beginning of the series.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep, that's true. Kinda I got... peaks at season three with Ron Jones. And yes, that's and
4: that's it. Yep, mm-hmm. like the, the like the that the theme for the Borg at the end of season three is, 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 awesome. is kind of it yeah. though. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. like it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: So shout out there. Just wanted to throw yeah that out that, there. that was important.
1: Mm-hmm. Any... Yeah, especially in season one, it was still being done sort of Tos style. It was. There it was, was a certain very, amount of it was that more corner. front center, and it was more yeah.
4: But the music actually had melody. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and was distinct from episode to episode. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I will say I will say looking at this retroactively, while there are more bad episodes, I think there are more good episodes in this than season seven because I think there's a lot of blandness in season seven. And so I may have to like look and see which one of those two that I would uh, might like more or less, but there is (laughs) definitely good stuff in season one.
3: Okay. So we're kind of coming to the end of the episode here, coming to a close. Um, But before we go, I guess I wanted to make just very brief closing statements to support my position that season one of TNG is great because of the great things that are in it, even though some of it sucks the great things in it make it great on the whole. So, I mean, what have we got? We've got The Traveler. We've got The Holodeck, multiple awesome Holodeck episodes, including Dixon Hill and Minuet. Uh, we have, you know, The Binars. We have... Um, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we have t- <laughs> <laughs> we have Ugly Bags of Mostly Water. Um uh, you know, we have the Picard maneuver, we have all of these like, th- it, things that are important for setting the stage later in track. even even I think the, the whole point about Naked Now is a great one because it's a mediocre or poor episode overall and poorly placed in, in the chronology of the series, but that little moment of Data and Tasha having sex make this memorable and establish really important things for both of those characters that have like really lasting repercussions. And so I think that makes season one important, and I think the good moments of season one. There's some really trekky and moments in there that just shine, and to me, those outshine all the rest of the stuff. And th- there, there are a number of forgettable episodes. The bad episodes, I think the forgettable episodes are the worst. Those are the most egregious. The bad episodes, things like Justice, um, you know, even the last outpost are more so Justice. Is you know justice is memorable as heck. The naked now is memorable. You know we we remember it for a specific thing that happened, um, and that gives it an important place in our brains and an important place in the universe that is track. Even though you know even if it's not all good, it's memorable. So that's sort of my that is my. Um, argument for why season one is great and people should go and watch it and they should if they have to cherry pick episodes absolutely fine go and watch the best episodes that season one has to offer and i think you will appreciate it as an important piece of star trek history so i want to know after my uh passionate uh defense of season one (laughs) um in which i think i made some very salient points have you guys at all reconsidered your positions on the first season
1: well, Brian, you had yeah, the I had mo- mo- oh, okay. I was going to say you had the most sort of negative of the two of us. So, if you want to say anything,
3: no, I,
4: I just it, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. I mean, it, it, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I highlighted what I liked about it. I don't think just because it introduces certain things that follow up later is enough justification for some of the bad stuff that is in the season. I get that it's uh, it it does help establish parts of the show, and it is useful later. But that still doesn't, to me, compensate for the fact that, that a lot of the stories built around these little moments were worth it. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah,
4: yeah. That that's that's basically what I feel about. it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think since you you brought it up Kelly, if you get to cherry pick, well, sure. You know what I mean. Season one is not as bad as you think it is. But if you have to take it at all, twenty six episodes, right? Like it's. Eh. There's a lot of bad with the good that you have to get through to get to the good, you know? Yeah.
4: Or and there maybe, is good, mediocre. no question. Yeah. And there is good, no question. Oh so, And so, certain things that definitely point toward the, show, the show's future. But I thought those moments were few and far between.
3: But you will concede that it's not all bad.
4: Oh, no. I never conceded it was all bad. But a lot of it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I guess we can leave it to our listeners to also let us know... In the yes, comments, please. Do you hate season one? Do you love season one? Do you fall somewhere in between? Will you go rewatch some of the best season one episodes on my recommendation, or are you just like, no, screw that, I don't need that in my life?
4: Yeah, let's hear what you guys have to say about it. Very, it's cool. Curious. It's a good. Yeah. It's a yeah. It's the, a good. The other topic at the last schedule.
3: moment because I I love having the last word. Um, it's a powerful position to have. <laughs> I will just very smugly point out that. <laughs> <laughs> that when I proposed the idea of doing a retrospective breaking down season one of Next Generation with, with the, this whole premise for this, this podcast, you guys were all really excited about talking about TNG season one. And so I don't...
4: No, we were excited about your idea. If it, was,
3: if it was that bad, I don't think... Let me just say this. I think there are some other more recent series that if I suggested doing this for their season one, you would have no interest in that.
4: No, no, no. That's, that's a very fair uh, point.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and we'll leave that right where it is.
3: Hey, and before we sign off, um, I just wanted to bring up one thing. Um, obviously, this is a really uh, trying time in our country and in the world for a number of reasons, um, and particularly in light of the recent events surrounding the murder of George Floyd and the subsequent Black Lives Matter uh, protests, um, and all the action that's been taking place surrounding that. Uh, we just wanted to highlight something that the, the Star Trek community has been doing. Um, it's an effort that was um, started right here at home on, at trekmovie.com. Um, and it's called Trekkies Together. Check out the hashtag on Twitter, Trekkies Together, and on Instagram. Um, we're asking people to chip in and donate to a cause of their choice that's fighting anti-racism and injustice. Um, a number of Star Trek websites and podcasts have joined in, um, and asked each of their members to donate $47, um, to, to the charity of their choice. And so we're just asking, um, that Trekkies, if you are in a position where you're able to donate... Um, please do so. And if you want some recommendations on where you can donate, check out TrekMovie.com. Again, look at that hashtag, TrekkiesTogether. We have some suggestions there for you. And there's a number of really awesome charities out there doing some wonderful work for the African-American and Black community. Um, So yeah, please take a minute if you you are able. All right. And then I think we'll do it for us this week on the ShuttlePod podcast. So until next time, we'll see you later, guys.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye, buckaroos. (laughs) Thanks for everything, and we'll see you guys next time.